evening. My name's Ursula Kohler and I'm the Managing Director of Capital EA and welcome to our After Five podcast. I have got an executive assistant with me this evening and her name is Christina Sukloska and welcome Christina. Thank you Ursula for having me. It's great to be here. It's lovely to have you in person as well. We normally try and offer a bit of wine and cheese and I haven't done that for you tonight. It's okay. All all good. Next (laughs) time. We've got water. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Look, Christina, I've invited you along because one, I've met you at a recent program um, that we conducted and you just stood out to me as someone that was really, really interested in the career of the EA. And as it turns out, that's certainly the way it's rolled on. You've been an EA now for how long? So I've been an EA now for under a year, so about 10 months. Yeah, 10 months. And you've been based in Canberra that 10 months, haven't you? Yes, correct. Yeah, great. And where? what made you want to become an EA? Yeah, so actually um, I've been now in the public service for over three years and um, I actually said to myself, I will never, ever become an EA. I don't want that responsibility. I'm not interested in it at all. So my mum really encouraged me to become an EA just purely based on my skills and my organizational skills, um, you know, my personality, my confidence. And she said, why don't you try and apply for an EA position? So, um, yeah, decided to apply. And funnily enough, um, you know, after the interview, they called me one week um, after and, yeah, told me that I was successful in the position and they decided to hire me. Um, So the panel, a branch head was actually sitting on the panel and he requested me as well. Fabulous. Um, So that was in government, right? Correct, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what level did you start at? Yeah, sure. So I started as an APS4 um, in the Department of Defence and Mm -hmm. recently I've just changed roles and now I'm an APS4. PS5, still an EA, um, but to a two-star, so a division head. Yeah, and that's such a quick career progression from an APS4 starting under a year ago into an APS5 role. Do you work for the one executive or do you work for a couple of executives? Yeah, so um, prior to taking this promotion as the APS5, I um, looked after a band one uh, at a branch level and I was with him for a few months and then he went on secondment and uh, a new executive came in and I had to look after him. So in that eight-month period, I got to spend time with two execs, which was really, really good just to, you know, get an understanding of what they do and, you know, how different they are as well. So I really got to see their experience and how they deal with certain issues and matters. And now at the moment, I'm currently looking after one executive with this promotion right. and that's a division head, so a two-star in military as well. In military, right. Fabulous. Yes. It just gives you so much scope to learn all sorts of world of defence really, doesn't it? Yeah, correct. So before taking the promotion, I was looking after civilian personnel. So now looking after a military personnel, female as well, at a two-star, it is very, very different yeah. um, and dealing, you know, with, um, you know, people in uniform. So, you know, you're looking at the Army, the Air Force and the Navy. Yeah. So, yeah, very, very different. How long did it take you to get across the acronyms that Defence have? Yeah, so I'm still getting used to it all, still mm-hmm. learning. Uh, now that I am working with um, military personnel, I have, and it's only been my fourth week in this new role as an APS5, I have started, you know, to learn the acronyms, especially 
actually, you know, with dealing with people. Mm. And yeah, it's still an ongoing process of learning. Mm. Um, but I think I'm doing really well. Yeah, oh, fabulous. I yeah. love it. And tell us about your education and what sort of progression you've had through education to into the workforce. Yeah. Um, did you go through study um, after high school or college? And yep. Tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So I finished year 12 and I decided to go straight into uni. So I was studying a Bachelor of Management and then I did a double major in public sector management and business administration in at the University of Canberra. So I went in straight away and throughout year 12, my mum again was influencing me to go into the public service because she thinks it's a good stepping stone to get into, you know, a good career and also study. So straight away, yeah, got the position and went straight into studying. So I've been, I was studying part-time and working full-time and uh, completed it last year. So um, thank you. So it took me four years to complete, but since going out of year 12, I didn't stop studying. So I was doing um, winter term, you know, summer term, kept going. So I had no break (gasps) just to progress it quickly. And yeah, I've got my graduation this year. So I'm hoping everything pans out and I get to have a ceremony because I've just worked so hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, And you know what, you know, resonates with me is just your willingness to you don't tire. You've got a lot of energy and you just want, you just aim for something and you go for it. Was that part of your upbringing or where did you get that, I suppose, that grit to kind of keep moving through and get out, get through that study while working? Yeah, I think it's definitely come from my parents, you know, you know, they've done really well in their career and, you know, with school as well. And I think I really got that from them and being influenced from them and to keep, you know, pushing me to do my very best and, you know, always listening to the listening to them as well. You know, since the age of 14, I started working in retail and I had two jobs throughout high school and college and managing that and trying to really excel in my studies to get the very best ATAR to get into uni. So I think all that also did come from my parents mm-hmm. and but also myself as well. You know, I didn't have to work at the age of 14. It was it was my intention to. You know, yeah. my parents were like, you can wait a little bit longer. And I was like, no, no, I want to go out and just get a little bit of independence and get a little bit of money. And, you know, and I really enjoyed it. I loved the customer service, you know, helping people out, you know, in the clothing shop, whether it was picking their outfit or, you know, dealing with problems and helping them get through it. I really, really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it did come from my parents, but also purely as well from me yeah. as well. Yeah, having that independence. Yeah, yeah, I quite like that and wanting to get out. And did you find, do you think one of your core strengths is people management and people engagement? Do you think that is one of your core strengths? Yeah, 100%. I, you know, with this EA role and, you know, before coming into the EA role, I was an admin support officer for two and a half years at Department of Education before, you know, getting this EA role with Defence. And I absolutely love Um, you know, talking to people, communicating with people, helping people, you know, it's really, really important to get along with people. And, you know, I've been brought up in such a great community as well. So that's really helped as well. And, you know, I've done, you know, folk dancing with the Macedonian community and, you know, played tennis for over 10 years and, you know, all that community spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. you really get to listen to people and, you know, Mm. um, get to know each other. So, yeah, that's has really helped me coming to the EA role. Yeah, you've made me think about the fact that the role itself has a bigger family and it is the EA community as well. Have you found that networking has been something that you've really seen as a big part of 
this role and, and that it does actually have a community that you can tap into? Yeah, correct. So look, I've, you know, coming into the defence, I joined um, this network. It's called the Defence EA Network and um, it's where all the EAs get together as well. So, you know, going to these networking events was such a great experience and opportunity just to get to know all the EAs and, you know, get to make those connections. And, you know, I've before coming into this new role and even now, you know, I've made so many connections that whenever I need help or assistance, I can just go to them and they're able to help me. So, you know, bouncing off one another when you need help yeah. and building those rapport, um, those rapports is really, really important. Mm. Um, yeah. And do you think you might find yourself really settled um, in or comfortable in a mentor position yourself? Because I think there'd be quite a few followers here tonight that probably listen to you and think, wow, she's progressed really quickly. And some of that, what, you know, is there some, something that you can teach others now yeah. in mentoring others? Has that ever interested you in Cor- the short time you've been in the end? Yeah, correct. I actually, um, I really uh, see myself being on an interview panel, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for, uh, for APS, you know, fours to fives EAs and being on a panel and really being able to give, you know, other SESs or other executives a really, really good EA in order to see what their skills are and how they perform at an interview. So I think I would be really, really suited to that as well. Prior to coming into actually the EA role, you know, not having a handover from the EA was really, really difficult. So I really had to learn by myself, you know, coming into a new department as well, into defence, you know, not knowing the systems and everything, you know, not being able to being shown, you know, from someone was really, really hard. So, you know, having my executive there was really, really um, good to have because he was able to help me through it. But after leaving, I actually developed a SOP as well. So a standard operating procedure to help the new new EA come into the position and, you know, sort of understand what they're required to do. And the EA network actually asked me to give them that SOP as well. So just as a guideline to see what other EAs maybe can follow or um, anything anything to be able to assist them really. Who doesn't Um, love a good SOP? Yeah, or template. Yeah. Yeah, it's fabulous help. And and did you find the executive you work with, they did they know how to work with you and utilize you or did you have to teach them how to utilize you? Yeah, so I think we it was sort of both ways. Um he was able to really assist me in regards to what he wants and you know what he needs from me. And then I was sort of able to, you know, talk to him and say, Yeah, I can see this, but can we maybe do this? And he was really open to that. And for example, the inbox, you know, setting categories, he didn't have that. So, you know, I was able to go in there, set categories. He doesn't need to look at everything that's coming in. He just really needs to look at the the ones that really matter. So mm-hmm. going through that and showing him, you know, just look at these colors. These are the mm-hmm. ones you need to action. Mm-hmm. The, this is for me. These colors are for me. This is what I need to action. So that way he knows what I'm doing, what he's doing. So all that. So, yeah, I think we learned together really well. And, mm-hmm. you know, he was able to flex with you and you would flex with him correct yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. and how did you get that how did you get under that that understanding of his priorities what sort of things did you do to get his priorities sort of in place yeah so we sat down and he because he has several meetings he's attending and I really sat down with him and said look what meetings are really a priority for you which ones are your big rocks the ones that you really need to attend so he went through it and showed me which ones and then other ones also that were sort of irregular. He's like, look, if these come in, you can get a director or someone else to attend on my behalf. So sitting down with him, really understanding what his role is, what are his big priorities for the year, the work he's currently doing that's mm-hmm. really, really important. And, you know, 
the meeting wise as well, like what's really important to him, what's really less important, and I would really focus on that as well. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. And and um, did you find, you know, being the gatekeeper or someone that did he mm. need protecting from his team at all? Like, you know, was he an open door sort of person or a closed door person? Yeah, he was very open door. So um, <laughs> it was difficult. You know, I wasn't used to, you know, as I said, being new to this EA role. So, you know, people would just come into his office and like, budge and I'm like sorry like back out please like you know is this urgent you know what's this in regards to really being that protector because at the end of the day you're the EA you're representing your executive so you're you're at the front and center of everything Mm -hmm. so being able to push back and say no this isn't urgent can you please email me or pop by later yeah being that gatekeeper and protecting them is very important because at the end of the day they're so busy Mm -hmm. if everyone keeps you know budging in on them they won't have time to clear documents or get their work done Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. it's very very important to protect your executive and i'm always intrigued christina about how new EAs or Mm. coming in sort of to the role Mm -hmm. how they set up their office boundaries I guess and did that come naturally to you so how do you not work a 13-hour day or or does that end up being like your day like where you end up working really long hours or have you got that set where you're like no I'm pretty well organized and I've got this sort of time frame to do it and then I go to as much as I can because it's hard sometimes for EAs to break away at the end of the day with not ticking off all, everything off their list. How did you cope with that? Yeah, so at the beginning, uh, let me tell you, it was very, very difficult. I was doing very long hours because I was new to the role and I was like, oh, this has to get done. Like you know, I'm the EA, it needs to get done. And then I thought to myself, no, if, it does, if it's not urgent, it's not a priority, wait and leave it for the next day. So that's what really taught me to go home early. Obviously, yes, you will have your late night, especially during Senate estimates that mm-hmm. that week, those weeks are very very rough but other than that if nothing's urgent doesn't need to get done take the opportunity and leave when you can yeah and I'm really fortunate now in my role current role that I actually have a team also behind me that really really helps me so prior to taking this position it was just me and my executive and it was really really challenging because everything would just lie on me I had no support so now coming into this new role I have the support from a chief of staff you know an EO any of those urgent things can mm. fall on them. Mm. But I think the advice that I would like to give to any other EAs, if you don't have that support, you know, from an EO chief of staff and you're purely just by yourself with your executive, just have that open converse- conversation and have that communication flowing. If nothing's urgent, leave home for the day. Um, if something urgent comes up and you're you're leaving work, just text your executive, letting him know what's, what's coming in or what, what has to be done. Yeah. yeah, so just keep that communication open because it's very, very very important yeah and it's not something sometimes EAs feel they don't want to disturb or don't want to let their exec know but it can be the thing that underpins them you know with an issue potentially if they haven't told their executive what's going on and they can feel a bit isolated both the executive and the EA the undesirable relationship starts Mm. because Mm. they start sort of drifting apart so it's really key isn't it to really stay connected and work hard at that start to make sure that they understand what you're doing and where you're at 
and vice versa for Correct. them, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and, you know, not even picking up the phone, just drop a simple text message or, mm-hmm. like, a Skype link or just something, you know, Teams yeah. link, whatever you, whatever platform your department or area uses, you know, just a little message mm-hmm. because, yes, your executive is busy at the end of the day, but he'll really, really appreciate you checking mm-hmm. up on them throughout the day. Yeah, it's fabulous. So, yeah. And so that progression is into the five and then working with an EO and chief of staff, that's another avenue in itself there's a triangle you know that is instantly formed and you've got two other people you need to consider and they if they know how to work with an EA they consider you too but there is sometimes potential um, I suppose blurring of the lines mm-hmm. and that can happen quite regularly and naturally how did, how did you find that Christina? yeah so yeah it's my fourth week in this new role and I'm definitely really missing the one-on-one with my executive, just being us two, because I feel like with a team, yes, it's great. You've got the support that you need if you need anything, but it's like we're all in each other's faces and it makes it really hard. So, and we're all going to the executive. It's like, no, wait, hold on a sec. Maybe we shouldn't all go. We should just be the one of us. So we're still really trying to work out everything. And because she is um, a supporter civilian executive, she has also a military assistant. You know, she has a staff officer, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's quite a big team. So we're still now trying to work out what everyone's responsibility is because this is the first time in a few years that she's actually had a full team so you know the ea position was vacant for quite a while and some of the other ones as well so we're a full capacity team now so even for the executive it's very very different so she's coming to terms with everything as well okay so it's a work in progress but at the moment everything's going really really well and having an exec team is really good because you get to learn off each other as yes, well. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, which is fabulous. Yeah. That is terrific. So what do you do to uh, de-stress? Yeah. Um, <laughs> How yeah. do you unwind, Yeah. <laughs> um. So, yeah, throughout my day sometimes I can get a bit stressed and overwhelmed because, as I said, you are you, you are the front and centre of your executive. So definitely stepping out and taking a lunch break. That is very, very important. Mm-hmm. I mean... There's so many times that I've sat through my lunch break and ate at at my desk, like so many times. But, you know, even if you do that, make sure you get up and go for a walk. Even if it's a 15-minute walk, half an hour, just to de-stress and, you know, get yourself back together. Also, what I like to do is at the end of the day, um, if I have time, I'll go for a walk or a run just to clear my head. It's really, really important. Mm, That's great. Um, Or, yeah at the end of the day or even in the morning if you would like to but yeah I tend to do it after the day just to think about the day the the following day and also what has happened with your exec and just you know Mm. plan the next Mm. few days and yeah see I I talk about the mental health side of these roles as being really important and you'd consider that too when you yeah you really need to keep it in check Um, because it can feel quite overwhelming there's a number of things to do there's a number of actions Mm. that are on your plate Mm. Um, and having that ownership of the role can mean a lot of pressure. Yes. So it's interesting you've really taken that on board and kind of understand that there needs to be that equilibrium and doing yeah. the job well, but I'm going to have to run and jog or do something for my mental health in yeah. order to succeed in this role. And I find that really, really crucially important too. Yeah, it yeah. is very important to get out and clear your head. And you know what, if you can't do that or you don't want to talk to someone, Mm -hmm. talk to your peers, talk to your teammates, talk Mm -hmm. to a friend, you know, talk Mm -hmm. to someone. And I think also 
whenever your executive is on leave, take leave, take mm-hmm. a good substantive leave. Like even when there's a quiet period, even if your executive's working, just take the time to take some leave and mm-hmm. take some time for yourself. It's yeah. really, really important. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. And so, yeah, there's there's some some real nice gold nuggets in this conversation, Christina, in terms of the things that you've progressed with and how mm-hmm. you've worked with others and you're just endeavouring into this team approach now and I'm, yeah. I'm really keen to continue your journey. Can you tell us a little bit about what might be, you know, next for you yeah. in terms of like this is just new, but have you got long-term career goals? I sure do. I do have long-term goals already, um, funnily. <laughs> <laughs> um, so currently... An APS five, um, supporting a division head, two star. So my next career goal would probably be to climb to an APS six and support a group head, so a band three. That's probably yeah, I would love to do that. And then moving off after that, I would like maybe to get experience in an executive officer role, so an EL one or like a business manager. And then if I really wanted to climb the top, um, a chief of staff at that EO2 level. So I definitely do want to climb the corporate ladder in government. And that's sort of the pathway that I would like to take. Mm -hmm. And as touching on, you know, having the exposure from my executive team at at the moment with the Mm -hmm. chief of staff and the EO, I can really learn from them. (sighs) And I would really, really like to also um, get experience in the private sector. Mm-hmm. So, you know, mm-hmm. see what the industry is like, you know, get experience, mm-hmm. get more exposure and see mm-hmm. what's the difference between, you know, the mm-hmm. private and the... Yeah, public. Public, yeah, correct. Yeah, fabulous. Yeah. yeah. And so will you set milestones? Do you set, or, you know, now do you set things like, oh, to the end of the year or, you know, then maybe by June next year? Do you do things like that or how do you, or do you sort of go, okay, let's just fly by the seat of my pants and get to that stage and then see what, yeah. what do you, how do you? Yeah, so with that, on? I feel like when I've really developed and progressed in the role and I can't do anything more further, um, that's when I'll start to apply. So, yeah. For me personally, I get the sense when I need to leave and when, you know, I've had enough of that role because I've learned as much as I can, you know. Um, So, yeah, prior to coming to this role as an APS4, I really developed in that short amount of time. I think just because I got so much experience as an admin officer prior to coming to Defence for two and a half years and I really knew a lot of things. So I was able to bring that to the EA role and I felt like I wasn't further developing, um, wasn't learning a lot of new things. So I thought that I would go ahead and apply for this APS5 just, Mm. you know, for the experience purely. And then, you know, next thing you know, I've won the position. So I feel like for me purely moving on to the next stage, it will be when I can't further progress. Um, Mm. you know, and I want something more challenging in Mm. you. So, yeah. And just because I know this is a very, very common Mm. question, but Mm. when EAs move out of admin roles and they get the official title of an EA, there's a lot of transferable skills in any admin role. Correct. And this is the thing I'm always trying to explain to admin people. They're like, I want to be an EA and how do I become an EA? What were the things that you used to really, you know, pull on from your CV to kind of go, look, I can be an EA. I've got all these admin skills. What was it that you think was critical? Like what two or three things that were on your CV that you're like, look, I've done some admin. What sort of skills do you think mm. were utilised right up front? 
Yeah, so definitely I think customer service, 100%. All the experience I've had, you know, um, whether it's in retail since the age of 14 or working as an admin officer um, in a department of education, all that really, really helped me coming mm. to the EA role. Yeah. Also my organizational skills. So yeah. one of my strengths is uh, being a perfectionist. So I like everything to be perfect. So I think that uh, really, really helped uh, in the EA role. Yeah. Um, you know, wanting everything neat, tidy, especially when it comes to deadlines, making sure it's submitted at that time because I don't like to be late to anything. So <laughs> that really helps. people on the floor that probably go, oh, my God, there she is. Run yeah. away because I haven't yeah. put it in yet. <laughs> Correct. Yeah, and I'm like, you know, working from home was a challenge because I needed things and people weren't answering their phones, a- answering my emails, answering my text messages. This way, if I was in the office, I'd be knocking on your door. I'd be after you. So everyone was really afraid of me when they'll see me. I can imagine. They're like, yeah. oh, no, she comes. I've got to yeah. get this in. Yeah. yeah. Or don't answer, shut the door, lock <laughs> yeah. it. Um, yes, that really, really helped as well. Yeah. yeah, actually just touching on the working from home. Yeah. yeah so that's the thing you found hard is just not having the eyes on the floor to, or someone to chase them down. Correct. Yeah, And ha- but how otherwise did you transition into that work from home? You know, was it just a matter of constantly that communication is probably key as Correct. well? Yeah. 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 So communication. Uh, a tip I would like to suggest to the EAs is definitely have a one-on-one catch-up with your executive every day. It's so important. doesn't matter how busy their day is. You need to find 15 minutes in their day just to touch base with them, see what their day is looking like. Yeah. You know, if anything urgent has come in from the day before, really, really touch base with your executive. Mm-hmm. So that we had catch-ups prior to going into lockdown and working from home, but I think that was really critical yes. from working from home, just having that open communication. It was hard for me, though, not seeing where they are, you know, whether yes. they're running late to their meeting or whether they're, you know, they're, you know, they're in it. Yes what that was like that was very very challenging but yeah having that communication Mm. that was key Mm. Um, and you know with that communication um and being on Mm. I've also heard feedback from EA saying there were some days that they felt a bit lost like they didn't know what to do because for some reason in the office work kind of came their way through other avenues as well did you did you, how did you find that proactive I I, I can see you're quite naturally proactive Mm -hmm. yeah but that doesn't come naturally to everyone in these roles. Is there anything that you particularly do to kind of dig? Is that Do you have a set number of questions that you ask your executive, for instance, in those everyday meetings? Yeah, so I do. You know, when tasks come through to me, I what I sort of did is when I went, you know, was establishing this branch, you know, with my executive, I said, all taskings need to become to me. That way I can manage them. I don't want any taskings to be sent to you. So everything needed to be sent to me. Mm. And because... As EAs, you guys would know, you know, everything comes in for clearance, for clearance. And coming as an EA, I was like, what is this for clearance? What, 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 what is it? What is it? I had no idea because I had no, you know, handover, nothing from the prior EA. So I had nothing to go off. So I actually established a cover sheet. So whoever is submitting a paper for clearance, usually would be a director, so an ill two, they would have to fill in this cover sheet. Tell me when my executive needs it by, yeah. you know, the subject, any comments they have, you know, who it needs to go to, et cetera. So every Every time they submitted a paper to me for my executive, I would not accept it without a cover sheet. Fantastic. And that really helped me establish what he needs to clear because he doesn't need to be getting all these documents. He doesn't need to clear them on that day. So those meetings would be purely as well about taskings, 
Yeah. You know, anything that was sent to me, you know, regarding meetings, yes. um, anything urgent. It you yeah. go through and prioritise Correct. it. Yeah, it was really critical, really, yes. wasn't it? Yes. Oh, I really like that. Yeah. Okay. And we might be able to share that with others too, just in a template form as well. It'd be yeah. fabulous. Yeah. And so you're not on LinkedIn or anything, are you? No, no. 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 And is that because of your work? Oh, no, I just, I've never thought no. to have it. I was just thinking yeah. if anyone was interested in connecting with you, we can arrange um, yeah. to, to get in touch with sure. you if there's anyone that is new to the role yeah. or might want to get some advice from you. I'm sure yeah. that you'd be willing to have a chat yes. to them. I yes. will say that. Okay, so is there three things that you want to share with our EAs that you think, okay, these are no stoppers. I need to make sure that there's EAs out there that know there's three critical things I can't live without in my role. <laughs> um, uh, so advice-wise, like for yeah, any advice yeah, or, yeah, yeah okay. um, items or objects or anything that you think yeah. Yeah, they're, they're like my lifesaver. So one of them is my diary. Like yeah. please use your diary. Like that's going to really help you track what you need to do for the day, what you need to do the following day. If you need to plan out something for the following week, a diary for me is really, really handy. Can I ask, is that a manual diary or the electronic diary? Just a... Uh, you like your books? Correct, yes. a book diary. You're a paper yes, person. a paper person. Oh. And I like my colours. I like to highlight. I like to, yeah, well, all of well, that. So very, yeah. very old school. Yeah, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Even through my studies, like people would get the online textbook. I would be paper-based because wow. I needed to like flag things for, you know, exams yeah. and all that yeah. jazz. So, yeah. yeah. Cool. So definitely a diary um, and a book, so hard copy. Another thing that's really, really critical in a role as a touch base is talking to your executive every single day. That's yeah. key. You yeah. need to. Um, doesn't matter how busy he is, it's important to touch base with him or her to have that communication. Also, towards the end of the week, I used to have it on a Friday, you would have a wrap. So that, that meeting would go for a little bit longer. So I would usually schedule it in for 45 minutes. I know that's a lot, but it's very important. So on that wrap on a Friday, I would talk to my exec about the week that just happened. So we would go through every single meeting they had and talk about any action items that occurred. You know, for some of them, they would come back and say, look, I need 15 minutes with this person or I need a paper from this person, you know. So that way you get to distinguish what needs, what you need yeah. to do. Yeah, following on, yes. that's your new week. Correct, yeah. yes. And we would also touch base on the following week. So mm. the meetings here they have, you know, any talking points or any mm. papers they need, really figuring it out what his uh, or her week looks like. Mm. That's very, very important. Um, the other one would be definitely making your connections with other EAs whether it's in your branch or division, it's really, really important to have someone to talk to, you know, get tips and tricks, especially if you're new to the EA role. Mm -hmm. Very important to have that support because there's so many times where I have to go back to EAs and ask them for assistance, you know, because I'm unable to do something and they've been able to help me and guide me. So mm -hmm. that's been really, really handy for me. And, you know, attending networking events, all that, getting mm -hmm. your connections, advice from other people is very important and mm -hmm. seeing what they do. They, you might be doing something differently to them and you can learn off them. Mm. So that was really, really beneficial for me. Yeah, and also for me it was really, really important to get to know the business of the branch, you know, getting to know your stakeholders, both your internal and external, because at the end of the day you're working to executive. When things are due or are needed, you need to have that rapport to go to someone and approach them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, being really friendly, talking to them, mm -hmm. you know, being in the office, I would always walk the floor with my executive, you know, mm -hmm. so we would get up together and we would go walk the floor mm -hmm. and see how everyone is, 
you know, getting to know people. Because that was one of the things that staff had come to me, you know, starting with my first executive as an APS4, they've come to me, they're like, oh, we don't really get to see the executive. Like, we don't really get to talk to them, you know. And I was like, okay. I sat down with them and I, I said, look, this is what we need to do. We need to implement our, you know, our walk the floor kind of days. So that's what we did, you know, walk the floor together and people really enjoyed it and loved it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is just so insightful and so incredible that you've picked up all the core things that we teach as well in terms of these amazing little things that can make a big difference to the role. And when you're not in the year, you don't know them, you know. So you're just like the golden star student. Thank you. Thank you. It's just wonderful. The the one bit of training you did was with us, the EA Foundation. Have you done any any other training? You found that useful, I know. That's the only training I've done since starting as an EA and I found it so beneficial. I really, really enjoyed your course. Um, I've learned so much from it and I'm really, really looking forward to continuing that this year. I'm really looking forward to the next <laughs> one. Back, yeah. Yes. And I actually, because I actually got a certificate from the um, from the course that I, yes. that I attended yeah. and I put it on a, in a picture frame and I put it on my desk and every time I look at it, people are like, oh my God, what a nice certificate, what a nice award. Yeah. And today when I told them I'm coming to the podcast, I told them all about it and I was so honoured and privileged to be a part of this podcast. Um, it is because, seriously yeah. our pleasure. And you, like I say, you've been the golden student and I just have really, really enjoyed you you in a whole, Christina, like all the talkings we've done and the training and how well you just absorbed it. And, you know, there is people I meet along the way that do become career EAs and I yeah. certainly see that in your blood. Yeah. And, oh, thank you. you know, I think it's so refreshing for me because I've always been passionate about it. I don't meet everyone that is as passionate or the passion dies after a while but you know it's about getting that motivation and inspiration to keep it alive and well and I just know that you've got that in you so it's been an absolute pleasure and I am going to follow your journey thank you and I'm just so intrigued with what you'll do over the next few years and I know that you'll go very very far in this world so I'm definitely going to be by your side but thank you for your time tonight as well and and just sharing everything that you've done and how you've done it I know that our listeners will find it really really Um, valuable for them you know in this career and is there anything else yeah you and I'll just like to you know say to all the EAs look if you're new to the EA role or um have been in it for a while always go as 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 far as you can you know set yourself goals set yourself challenges you know don't be afraid to talk to your executive or come to them with problems or issues because at the end of the day it's very very important to have that communication and you know Whatever you do, you know, take training courses or, as I said, building those networks in order to progress. And, yeah, any of you would like any advice or tips or tricks, please don't hesitate to get in contact with me because I'll just love to, Um, you know, help everyone out. We'll make sure if we we forget some talk. We're happy to connect you guys up with uh, Christina because, you can, as you can hear, she's she's (laughs) someone that you want to (laughs) meet. And, no, thank you very much for your time, Christina. And as we've mentioned, if anyone wants to get in touch, to do, do so through me and I'll make sure that we um, we connect you up. And it's all part of our community because this is a community yes. at the end of the day. Yes. So Yeah, correct. We're all nice. here to help each other out. That's yeah, it. and learn off each other. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for your Perfect. time. No problems. Thank you for having me.